Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome to a spur-of-the-moment podcast slash vlog. It's kind of like one of our road trip reviews, which would make this number three for the year. But we're not actually driving somewhere, we're hiking. My cousin Sarah and I are going to be talking about the pilot to Over the Garden Wall today. But at the same time, we're also doing a bit of a vlog about a pioneer veteran cemetery that is about a half mile away from our farm, up in a small wooded area in the field beyond ours. And I literally just realized that today is Veterans Day, so if I can get this edited and released today, it will be even more appropriate. Anyway, I have been wanting to go up there to do a mini-vlog for a while, just to document the area, because it's kind of cool that we have an obscure historical cemetery nearby, and I just thought it would be an interesting thing to make a video on. And I wasn't even thinking about doing this for my <laughs> YouTube channel, or podcast for that matter, of course, nor did I have any immediate plans for it, but Sarah called me last Saturday and asked if I wanted to go up there that afternoon because the field had just been harvested recently and we could actually get there now because otherwise there's an entire cornfield between us and the cemetery and it's much harder to get there with that in the way. So we set out and then Sarah suggested that we turn this into a review and also talk about Tome of the Unknown, which was the pilot episode for Over the Garden Wall. We talked about Over the Garden Wall a couple years ago, which, side note, if you haven't listened to that episode, you need to. Over the Garden Wall is one of our favorite animated series, and we had a lot of fun doing a complete two-hour deep dive into every episode. But we didn't talk about the pilot at that time, so instead of just doing a short vlog just for us about this cemetery nearby, we thought we'd combine the two ideas and do a vlog about the Folk Cemetery, and then go back home and watch and review Tome of the Unknown. Okay, I don't know if this is going to be anything. We're just kind of experimenting here, but we're going on a walk to the Folk Cemetery. And I don't know too much about this, except it's like right by our property. <laughs> so Sarah knows more than I do. So here's here's Sarah talking a little bit more about this than not I would enough. know. Ever since we were kids, we knew about this little cemetery that existed probably about a half a mile away from the farm. And then maybe about 10 years ago, because time goes so fast, there is a group in our area that cemeteries and wander around looking for dead bodies. <laughs> They're interesting, small, colorful group, I'm sure. I've not met all of them, but I met the lead guy. And I really appreciate that they're taking care of these places. So they've put up this sign. And I think this might even be the second sign. So they are paying attention. And I believe they go back there and mow, do maintenance. And this cemetery is rather special, even though it's only, I believe, two headstones still visible. Up here is fought in the War of 1812, and I really don't know much else of the history. There's a woman buried up here as well, so we can talk about the stones when we get up there. But around here, the War of 1812, that's old history because Iowa didn't become a state until the like 1850s, middle 1800s. Don't hurt me even though I'm Iowan. <laughs> So, yeah, maybe you can flip in the correct date. Um, so anything 
that's a hundred years old plus around here because it's the U USA and not Native Americans. <laughs> Seems really old. Okay. On we go. Okay. So today we're planning on re-watching Over the Garden Wall, which is one of our favorite series. And I wanted to get out for a walk anyway because the sun is shining and everything. But this just seemed like the perfect place. You have the cemetery in the story. You have the fallen leaves. It's just the perfect time of year hovering between, you know, Halloween and Thanksgiving of autumn. And then we got the idea. Well, I got the idea. I <laughs> got the idea like, hey, we haven't actually reviewed the pilot. So I think we're going to talk about the pilot after a little bit. But no, this is the right ambiance for that series. Yeah. It definitely feels like something out of Over the Garden Wall back here. Yeah. And it's around 50 degrees. marker here, the flag, that says War 1812. So we have John, it looks like his name is John Folk. So I'm just 
cemetery. So now I'm just connecting the dots that they must have named the cemetery after him. So technically, you could probably call this a pioneer cemetery, but that is so crazy. <laughs> it's not crazy that I would miss that, actually. Um, not really insulting myself, but I just thought it was called a folk cemetery because folk times? But yeah, they must have named it after him, which was really nice. Something like that. So, he looks like he lived to be 74 years old. So, definitely, he didn't die in the big he would have come out here to make a life. So, come this way. Probably more that we just don't know about because the stones are so far apart. Wife of M. Duncan died January 31st, 1875, age 74 years, three months, 26 days. Sometimes these old marble headstones really deteriorate and good luck with them. You know, they need to be replaced and everything I've seen it where there was like a little carved lamb that was practically like it half melted on the top. I'm sure it was beautiful. I'm sure these were beautiful when they first put them up, but they don't weather well. So it's nice that this one is as legible as it is. And yeah, that's pretty much what there is to see up here, so. When I was a kid, I remember people saying that this was an Indian graveyard. Is that a rumor or is there any Native Americans buried here? I have never heard of them finding a Native American up here. It probably just sounded exciting. Okay, that's kind of what I figured. But I remember when I was a kid, I don't know, I don't even know who said it. They just said there was an Indian graveyard back here. It probably was before the settlers. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I would have to ask the people who the cemetery, but I have never heard of that as an adult. It was probably just something exciting that the kids came up with. Been, yeah. <laughs> but a veteran from Fort Bates yeah. 12 was very cool. Yes, definitely. So, if there are any Native Americans with roots in this area who want to weigh in on that, that would be very cool. Yeah, peaceful back here. Person wants to come in. Just be quiet for a little bit. Yeah, it's super nice. Yeah, you can see the farm in the distance. 
Okay, well, I don't think I'd actually watched this before today. Really? I thought I had, but as we were watching, I was like, this doesn't seem familiar. And then when an alligator came out of the cornfield and started eating their car, I was like, I would have remembered an alligator coming out of the cornfield and eating their car. You know what? <laughs> I just watched it either this year or last year. And I don't know if it came up because I was listening to music from the movie or if we had talked about it, mm -hmm. but I really enjoyed it then. I feel like it should, if it's not on my DVD, it should have been, but I, I can't believe I have not seen this And before. honestly, I feel like I've watched it at, at least twice before we watched it today. Okay. It's short and, and it's comforting. Yeah. I don't know. Well, this was made in 2013, the year before the series, and this was the pilot. I was actually just listening to a podcast with Patrick McHale yesterday, so I was hearing about some of this stuff. This is, this is kind of a coincidence that we ended up talking about this, because this was not a planned episode. This is nuts that it's that old, Like, but I didn't watch it when it first came out. Mm -hmm. So, Well, I watched the series when it first came out. But I'd, I mean, I mean the it. series. I didn't watch that when it first came out. So I feel like I think Sasha and I watched it soon after it came. Little out. Little do I realize it's been a long time since I I first saw this, and I'm just blocking that <laughs> out. But today is our day to rewatch the series, and this is kind of the perfect way to kick it off with a walk to an old pioneer cemetery and watching the pilot for the mm -hmm. show. Yeah. The series and the pilot actually started out when I think Patrick Mejia was like just out of school and he wrote up a pitch because he had an idea for a three season series first, which was Tome of the Unknown and what became Over the Garden Wall. Let's explain what a tome is, because when I first watched this, I had to look it up. Oh, it's a big book. <laughs> I don't know why I know that, but I've, I've known that because... But is it supposed to have secrets, or is it just a big book? Any big book. It can be a okay. tome. But this tome does have secrets, because in the, the voiceover at the beginning, it says that the book contains everything that has ever been forgotten, or something like that. Which is maybe less ambiguous than what the show turned out to be. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that idea ended up getting scrapped when they put the show together as a miniseries. But you see so much of the flavor of the show mm -hmm. that came afterwards in this. Yeah. He had a lot of the ideas already that it morphed into. But yeah, like I said, he started with a series pitch. And they, at the time, like this is stuff that I learned in this podcast, at the time they were... Cartoon Network was trying to put together a film division because I think they do do some made for TV movies, but I think it's probably the same 
mostly the same teams that work on the shows that put those together. But I think they were trying to start an actual film division, and that ended up never happening. But they wanted him to rework this into a film. But he was like, this is too episodic. I don't think I can. And then he ended up moving on to work on Adventure Time. And then after he'd been there for a few years, they asked him to do another pitch. And he pitched this again, but as a miniseries, which they didn't make miniseries at at that time. Mm. And they liked the idea it's kind of perfect as a miniseries it is yeah so they greenlit the pilot and they made this first before they started work on the actual series this was like the proof of concept and they liked this pilot enough to make the series and why wouldn't they (laughs) but uh, kudos to them because it is different yeah it's very different it's very the charm is already there Mm mm-hmm and um, maybe the the flavor of the humor is already there. Mm-hmm. But thank you for doing something different like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this short has the same cast. Elijah Wood is still Wirt. I kind of figured when we started watching, I was like, it's probably going to be a different cast. Because a lot of times when studios make a pilot... They just have, like, a temporary voice track, and they get, like, either people that they know or people that work in the studio to just do temporary voices. Was the bird the same voice, though? No. Okay. No. That was the one big difference. The bird in the short was voiced by Natasha Leggero, and Melanie Linsky is who did her voice in the show. And I could tell right away that the voice was different, because they are very different voices. But that's the bit, that's the only big difference. The other two characters were the same, and then the other character that was in was a totally new character who wasn't in the series. It was probably helpful to have that little boy's voice on there to help <laughs> sell I, this I, show. I love his voice. He is so great. Remind me his name again. Colin Dean, I believe. Okay, I'll make sure because I didn't write that down. That sounds right. And yeah, he, he was just so adorable in the series mm-hmm. and. Of course, is adorable and charming in the pilot. Mm-hmm. He's probably in middle school or high school now. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Time flies when... Either way, well, whether you're having fun or not. <laughs> I mean, like, it's, there's so many times where it's like, oh, I remember that kid from that thing. And then you look up, oh, they're an adult now. <laughs> With twins now. <laughs> <laughs> and a beard. He's probably not that old, but he's probably at least a teenager. He's probably getting a little shadow on the upper lip or something. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway. I don't know if I mentioned this in the original, but this is something else that I heard on the podcast when he was talking about why they got Elijah Wood. They were auditioning so many people and nobody seemed right. And he was trying to explain to the casting director what he wanted. And he was like, like an Elijah Wood type voice. And the casting director said to him something like, well, why don't we just ask Elijah Wood? And he was like, <laughs> he asked her, like, we can do that? <laughs> we fancy enough to ask Elijah Wood to do that? And Elijah Wood really loved this show. Yeah. So it worked out. Yeah. 
cool. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a type of reaction that yeah, one of us might have. Like, really? We're going to reach for the moon on this? <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. But yeah, the the point of the this short is they're wandering through the woods looking for the Tome of the Unknown. And you end up in this lovely, charming garden with a vegetable car and a vegetable <laughs> man and a cat that is crying over the singing of the vegetable man. I was wondering what was up with that cat. Why is he so sad? I think it was just because this song was sad. Okay. But yeah, I loved how they got there because Greg, the younger brother, is... <laughs> He wants to find a goose for them to ride because they're walking for so long. And then he disappears. And then you hear screaming. <laughs> and Wirt runs to find him. <laughs> and he's screaming because he found a bunch of vegetables shaped like a car. And he says, we're one step closer to finding a goose. <laughs> like, I don't know where he got that from finding a vegetable car. But I love I love the way his strange little mind works. That's cute. Um... <laughs> One of the things that's fun about this short is that when you listen to the soundtrack for Over the Garden Wall, you're going to hear songs that weren't in the series, and a couple of them are in this short. Now, also in the soundtrack, I don't think that you have the accompaniment on the on the one song. I think both of them are just the one guy singing. But when you watch this, you'll probably recognize... Like, oh, that's where that's from. Mm. And the era that they basically set this pilot in is like early 1900s from the style of his, oh, I think his little necktie and his hat and just the way everybody was done up. Mm -hmm. And the era of the, the music to, I'm not sure this song that he sings in the garden is probably an old song that has slipped through the cracks for me and I don't know when it's from but later on he sings Shine on Harvest Moon and, and that's one I even recognize so that's right, a more famous one right so just think that era mm -hmm. and his name is John Crops and he's such a cute character that's just humble and kind of lonely would like to have somebody in his life and so they head off to the big city together which is not a big city <laughs> <laughs> it's more like a hamlet of i don't know it was a gazebo with a barn nearby <laughs> yeah and and some of the community had gathered for music and dancing and a potato man was drinking out of a a, fla a, a watering can. But it was like it was a flask because he was yes, hiding it. <laughs> yes. I do want to mention one other thing. One Go of ahead. my other favorite lines. Go ahead. <laughs> when they're riding towards the big city, Wirt asks John Crops, do you have, like, internal organs? <laughs> Well, I don't rightly know. <laughs> <laughs> and then what is he like in the front? Oh, okay. <laughs> like, let's just drop this. Not going to cut open your melon body and find out. Oh, we didn't even say the name. C.W. Stone King. Yes. John Crops is voiced by C.W. Stone King, who, this is his only acting credit, apparently. He's actually an Australian blues artist. 
which I'm thinking is not the only person they sourced who wasn't who didn't do this for a living but was basically mm-hmm. in a music genre that called yeah for their I think voice. In, in the series later they also have a lot of musicians do voices not just voice actors and celebrities and why not so kudos to them for that too and I mean, we probably shouldn't give away all the details because people need to go watch this nine-minute blip. (laughs) (laughs) But in the end, after the crows have... and the the turkeys have descended and been scared away after a whole debacle with a a scarecrow... (laughs) The, 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 The scarecrow apparently is all that is keeping these people safe from being attacked by birds. Because as soon as the scarecrow is gone... The birds descend. <laughs> but John Crops is so busy singing to the crowd and singing with a beautiful cabbage lady that <laughs> he doesn't care about the chaos around him. Uh, I, I have to mention, one of my favorite lines was when the turkeys come out of the, <laughs> yes. the woods. Beatrice screams, punch it in the face! And Wart says, oh, heck no, and drives away. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Just his delivery on that line, oh, heck no. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> the way most people would feel in that situation, probably. Like, let's just, let's just go. Let's go. And... So they're the boys and Beatrice are getting away from this chaos. And next thing you know, the birds are attacking the vehicle. <laughs> and an alligator. And Gregory, I don't know what was up with that, but why not? Gregory <laughs> runs off, and next thing you know, you have the screaming all over again. And so they're, they're hurrying, trying to find out what's wrong. And he's found a beautiful giant goose with a ribbon around its neck, perfect for a fairy tale. It looked like one of those geese that was, like, super popular in the 80s. How much you want to bet it was, like, some throwback? to his childhood probably because i can't imagine he's that much older than we are why not why not (laughs) like we even had that pattern on like a little it probably wasn't a shot glass but it was about the size of a shot glass i used it as like a little juice glass when i was a kid it was like that that specific goose with that ribbon and sometimes a hat is very recognizable it's a beautiful goose that's probably nicer than about any goose that exists in real (laughs) life i don't know so they're going to go off and continue their journey and John Crops goes back to the country with his newfound love and one of my favorite favorite parts is he holds his hat in front of them and gets a little kiss and I think both the cabbage lady and the cat who was on her lap are blushing and it's so cute and innocent and sweet so if you're a fan of Over the Garden Wall, check out the pilot. It's mm-hmm. it's basically the shot over the bow of something good is coming. Yeah. And it's good on its own, too. Sometimes, yes. sometimes you'll get a pilot that you can tell that it has good ideas, but it's not that standalone. Like, you kind of need more. And while this, you want more, it is a good little short by itself. So, fix the cup of hot chocolate or cider on this fall or winter day whenever you happen to be watching it and check out the pilot for over the garden wall it's on youtube it's not like you have to do anything special to find it (laughs) tome of the unknown (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to this episode of iHeart Animation. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to the iHeart Movies YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well. Any relevant links will be in the description for easy access. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.